Well, how's it? Do you remember my Thomas? I have a, a son, Gershon. Uh, he lives on the Nachal. What? What? Nachal Achish in one in Good morning, everybody. Ready to go? Are we ready to roll? All right, our boy Sai. Good morning, everybody. Hold on, Lauren. Lauren. Oh. All right, we're ready to go, our boy Sai. We're ready to roll. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome back. All the chutznikim. I see we have Fischl on. I hope we have Leon somewhere from South Africa. Today is eight days in the Oimer. Hayoyim shmoni yamim. Shayim shavua chod v'yem chod ba'oimer or la'oimer. However you do it. This beautiful design is made every single day by Nechemia Seltzer. Right? Nechemia it is? I hope so. Yosef, unmute yourself for a second because you just told me about five minutes ago about the loss of your somebody. My, my cousin's uh, husband's mother. Just your, cousin, your cousin's husband's mother. Okay, what's, what's the name? But, but the, the, cousin, the, the cousin is a very close, close cousin of mine. That's Yosef Biliak, everybody. The one who's in charge, does a lot, a lot of stuff for the shir, sends out the eight-minute daf takes care of all the uh, sponsors, etc. So what's her name? Um, it was, her name's Helen Dunbound. It was Ruhama Hinda Basrako. I don't know the, the father's name. Okay, fine. Today's shear is being sponsored. Lili Nishmas, Stefan Weiss, Ben Khanna. That's all we have. This is the name. It's an amazing story. It's a beautiful thing. I'm going to read an email here. This is third yard site. People are mamish tzaddikim. Okay, you know what, let's do this. Um, okay, what do we have? I have to find that email. Somewhere in here. Oh, Dear Abeli, I haven't missed your full share on YouTube since the first day of Brachas. I've been meaning to send you an email to thank you for all that you've done and to continue to do on behalf of the Shear, but I'm going to save that email for another day instead. I ask that you acknowledge the yard side of Stefan Weiss on Friday, 23rd of Nisan. Stefan was a Holocaust survivor who lived in survivor section of Reuth, Reuth Medical Center in Tel Aviv. My wife and I met Stefan when we toured Reuth several years ago. Stefan died in 2017 without any family to remember him. My wife and I decided to honor his memory by sponsoring the Kiddush HaRoshul in his yard site. It's beautiful. They don't know him, they're not family, and they took this person on. Unfortunately, because of the coronavirus, there's no Kiddush to sponsor this year. Instead, my wife and I are sponsoring Friday's Shear in honor of Stefan's memory. May his memory be a blessing for all, for all of us. Thank you. So when they called up Reut, they didn't even know the guy's name. So his name is Stefan Weiss. They don't have his Hebrew name. So his Nisham Shanavalakosh knows who he is. Keith Reich, White Plains, New York. So we got somebody from White Plains. Beautiful. Um, let's see, what else do we have here today? A lot of stuff, but I want to read one. Here we go. This one says like this, Hi Rab Rebelli, I'm listening to you Daf Shir on a daily basis, started this cycle on Brachas. You impacted my life in many positive ways. If you give me permission, I would like to point out something I said on Daf Lamed Zayin, I mentioned in this year. You bring real life to so many people, thank you, please, this is not for public reading, with gratitude and health, for you and family, good mayid. So then I wrote him, I said, why not, why can't I read it? I said, I won't mention your name. So he says, hi Ellie. Sure, I have no issues if you read it without my name. I'll explain to you why I'm so careful because I don't want my friends in the community to know that I have internet access outside of the office. For myself, I'm so grateful that I can listen to all your full shirim. I love your easygoing approach and hope that you'll stay with your humor and not slowly become too serious. 
So, lot, lot, getting the beard, we're going to become, we're going to put on a frock soon. He says like this, I know a boy that listens to your daf, and it keeps him Yiddish. As you are different than all the rabbis in Minkach. Good Mayed. And he says his name. So, yeah, no, because my, uh, my daughter was telling me that there's this, uh, this show going around now of a, of a girl that used to be very Hasidish or something, and then she, she went off to Derech, and it's very popular, unfortunately. It's a very big show. And, uh, the, and she was telling me that the reason is because she couldn't take that, that serious life. The, the, the shave the head, the whole thing, and... And I thought it's very, and this reminded me a little bit of it. He says, I'm not like those Rebbe's in, in Minkach. Meaning, that there's some people out there that, that really think, and I know a lot of people like that, I have friends like that. They grew up a certain way, and they, they thought that if they don't, if you're not 100% Hasidish, that's it, you can't be Ovid Hashem. And if that girl just realized, hey, you could relax a little bit, there's other parts of Yiddishkeit, you could be Ovid Hashem and not be, that they, she would still be from, but... She didn't know that. She thought it's either this or just go off the derech 100%. I think it's a, it's a big shame. Hey, Elchana, what's going on? Elchana's back to full force? You're back to full force? Ah! Mamish makes my day to see. Mamish, Mechaya uh, Mesim, you could say Mechaya Mesim, comes out of Corona in the hospital, twice in the hospital, and he's back. Unbelievable. Okay. So that's that. So if you know any other Hasidish guys, they want to become Litvish, Gronics, send them our way. Be happy to have them here. And if they want to stay Hasidish and Minkach, it's also great. Everything is great, but don't go off the derech. Rabbi We're holding daf mem. What's today's daf? Oh, El Khan, did you get pizza yet? Did they start the pizza shops yet? Go on. Okay. In America, it's a whole different story. It's $1,000 uh, pies over there. Yeah, it goes to, it goes to Tzedakah. But the guy that owns the place needs to duck himself. So the kids are cost a thousand dollars a pie. Says we're daf membeis amadalov. Here's the question of the day. Something to ponder for the next uh, twenty-five minutes or so. And don't think that you'll be a eibrachachem and understand from my question because I'm asking it so you'll understand the answer. You're not going to understand the answer. Is there an issue whatsoever? You know, sometimes your wife makes a good soup on Friday night, and it doesn't taste ay ay ay. and when she goes back into the kitchen, you sneak a little bit salt and whatever, you, you fix it up. Is there any Indian or any issue whatsoever not to put that salt in the soup? We're talking about bishol here. Is there any sort of bishol when it comes to salt? That's the question we're going to discuss. Because... Most of us just take that salt and put it in there. We don't think twice. Maybe there's an issue. Even though it's a cliche-ny, cliche I don't Maybe there's an issue. Have we ever thought about it? Says the Gemara. It says in the Mishnah, you could take water and pour it into a, a cup, a hot cup. So, Bisham, I hold that the bottom guy always wins. Tata Govar, the bottom one dominates. In other words, it's not like wrestling. It's the opposite of wrestling. The guy in wrestling, usually it's the guy on top, I believe, that, you know, is the winner. The guy on the bottom usually loses the fight. But when it comes to water, the one that's in the pot first. So if you have hot water in a pot, and then you pour cold water into it, the hot water is going to be mavashal, the cold water, as it comes in. But if it's the reverse, if you have hot, cold water in the pot and you pour hot water into it, it's not a problem. You could pour hot water into the cold water. There's an community between hot and cold and cold and hot. Because the bottom wins. So you have to know what the bottom one is. If the bottom one is cold, there's no problem to pour the hot into the cold. Tais goes into a little bit of, well, if it's a lot of hot and a little cold. So, Beisham I hold that this would be usher to pour cold water into hot water, 
even in a klisheni. Yeah? We, we were learning the other day, and this is how Basil holds as well, klisheni cannot be mevashal. No matter what, klisheni doesn't cook. So they say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're pouring cold into hot or hot into cold. But Bishan say it doesn't matter. If you're pouring cold water into hot water, even in a klisheni, that's also. But that's only also because of exeri. Not because it could cook, but because you're going to confuse a klisheni with a klirishan. And tomorrow you're going to start pouring in cold water into hot water klirishan. Now, what's a kais? Everything is mutter. So Rashi says there's two conditions here with the kais. First of all, you want to drink it. So what if you want to drink it? So in those days, it was kind of a reverse of what we have today, I, I would think. In those days, the, the bath was when, you're, when, you're, when you want water for bathing yourself, you want the, the hottest water possible. Really, really hot. If you want it for drinking, not that hot. Today, I think it's a little bit reversed. Yeah, coffee is very hot, but the bath is, is cooler. But, so first of all, you need it for drinking. So drinking is not that hot. And second of all, it has to be a cliché If you have those two things, that's a cliché and it's for drinking, then say, Basil, it's okay, I don't care. Even if you pour cold water into hot water, and the bottom one, the first, the one on the bottom is hot, I'm not concerned about cooking. But in a bath, you're not allowed to pour cold water into hot water because it's a bath, and a bath you want it really hot, and I'm concerned that you're going to boil this water, you're going to cook the water. By the way, it's deafening in here. It's so quiet. I don't have mayor, nobody saying a peep. It's like I'm talking to myself. I don't know if there's a single person listening to me. Even though I see mayor on the back, ba- I see mayor on the balcony. Hey, Gary, no, Gary, I was just trying to wake the Eilam up. Don't, don't take me seriously. Oh, I need a. By the way, just so we. There's a major problem going on with YouTube. I think it's YouTube. I hope it's YouTube. It's Maybe. YouTube, so, really. How do you know? Other people are going through the same thing? It literally takes 12 hours to upload a shear when it used to take 2-3 minutes. After shear, it was uploaded. And everybody's calling in, and, and a guy wrote me a whole long email, please don't stop YouTube, why are you doing this? I love it, da da da. Relax, we're not stopping YouTube. What are you saying, Mordechai? Um, YouTube has this thing where it's not that the video is not uploaded, it just hides the video. Um, they do it for certain people, I don't know why, um, the video is there. So if, you have, like, if people get the link, they can see it right away. I was able to watch yesterday's video. So right it's there. something with us. They're, we're, we're in no, trouble now with them. It's YouTube. It's YouTube's own thing. But we're going to be like that forever? Who knows? Okay. It's not good. Ellie, the link works right away. So could you watch it? For, for instance, you can watch it on Torah anytime right away? Yes. Okay. Anywhere that uses the link, it works to watch it right away. Okay, perfect. Let's go weiter. And anybody that has a, a subscription also can watch it right away. Okay. I just see these emails coming in and people complaining. Da, da, da. There's something going on with YouTube. So Reb Shimon ben comes along and says, even hot water into cold water is usher. We're going to understand what Reb Shimon ben is saying. What is he talking about exactly? So just understand that the Allah is like that even hot and the cold is Osir. What's a Sefel? Sefel. Here we go. A wash basin. Yeah, this is from Pirushchai. It didn't come with the fish. I just added it just for a little color. A wash basin. Now, What's going on here? I would think that an ambati, a bath, you're, you need the water to bathe, and to bathe, you don't have to talk all the time, it's fine. What happened? We've got a question, I have the same question here, about taking a bath in Shabbos. We just had the past couple of days, we don't do kogufos. 
Why, why is this even an issue that we're discussing? Whoa, 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 what? In the chat, a number of people are asking... Who, 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 who unmuted you? What's going on here? I ask that they unmute them because we're asking the same question. You know, in order to see the question, you're asking the question. Um, the past few days, we've had yeah. discussion of Aver Aver, called Rufo, and absolutely we're discussing putting um, uh, water in Tambati, but they're taking it back. Why is it even a discussion? That's the question. Ah, you want to know if yesterday we discussed only Aver, according to Rav, only Aver Aver, what's going on here? So, now we're talking about a cliche here, we're talking about, we're talking about maybe, maybe Panaviyad of Raglov, whatever it is, whatever is mutter on Shabbos, according to whatever you hold. Or maybe it's for a chayla. No, 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 no. no. There are ways to do it for a chayla as well. Who said? I don't think that for a you have to go crazy and do all this stuff. No. What do we come out with at the end of the time out? We're talking about the Mishnah. So that you could shout. That's how we came out in the the what? You could shower, but you can't bathe. Yeah, but the part of the other Viraglov, you're allowed to. Right. So, part of the so you're saying that Ambati is not... Is, who said Who said he's putting his whole body in there? Because it says Ambati? For sure. No, Ambati is a clean reshine. Ambati is a clean reshine. It doesn't say what he's doing. You understand that Ambati is a bath? I don't know. Yeah, it's taking a bath. No. First of all, it goes like this. There was, there was, a, there was different Xeris also. Beishamim Basil were before that Xeris. So, yes, at the end of the day, you have in the time of, of Rav, whatever, they, they made a Xeris, you can't, you can't take a, a bath. But you're allowed to take a bath from, from water that was heated up of Shabbos. What are you shaking your head? No. All right. But whatever the situation is, in any way that you're allowed to do it, this is how you do it. Someone just referred to, uh, Tomer just said, look at Taisus Abal. You're not allowed to look at Taisus in these days. Okay. No, 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 no. Taisus, we're not going with Taisus. Taisus argues with Rashi. Rashi says it's a clear reshine. Ambati is a clear reshine. Taisus says it's a clear shading. Don't, don't look at Taisus. Fine. So we're holding by a seifel. A seifel is similar to a bath because he's trying to he's trying to bathe himself. And bathe himself, we said before, you want really hot water. So I would think that a sefel is is a problem. It's not. So bikitzer a seifel is a klisheni. And a cliche doesn't have an issue, and I could pour in even cold water into hot water. So that's that for a second. So we have Ambati, which is a problem. We have a Sefel, which is a cliche, it's not a problem. And we have a cup that you're drinking from, and that's a machlaikis. If you're allowed to pour in the cold into the hot. But for a minute there, we had a Havamina. We thought, let's talk about the Havamina. Now, the way I learned it, this is just a Havamina, it doesn't really go to Maskana, and that's how Tysus learns. But it seems like Rashi actually takes it seriously. So, If this wash basin is like a bath, and Memela what? You're not going to pour in cold water into hot water, and then all of a sudden Rav Shimon Menasya, and we pass it like Rav Shimon Menasya comes along and says, you can't even pour in hot water into cold water. In other words, there's no way to pour any water into any water. Rav Shimon Menasya, Ela B'Shabbos, Rechitz B'Chamin, Leka. 
how in the world do you wash your face on Shabbos? See, Rashi's talking about a face here. How do you wash your face on Shabbos? You're allowed to wash your face on Shabbos. But how do you get that water? Because, right, it's either 100% hot. Imagine our faucet burning hot without any cold water, in our days even. You, you wouldn't be able to wash your face like that. Rashi says you would have to add a little cold water to any hot water you have. It's way too hot. So, Mela, how do you add cold water to it? If you're using a klisheni, and even in a klisheni, you're not allowed to add any cold water or hot water to cold water, either way, you're not allowed to do it. So, how in the world, technically speaking, how, how do you get to, to water that you could wash your hands, face, and feet with? Rib Shimon wasn't talking about a bath at all. According to this, you have to say that Rib Shimon was talking about the cup, drinking. That Basil say, it doesn't matter when it comes to drinking water, you could, put, you could even put cold water into hot water. That's not cooking. And he says, no. Tata Govar, the bottom one wins, and therefore that's considered cooking. Putting cold into hot is cooking. But what about a bath? A bath, even hot into cold, would be usher. Says the Gemara. So, you just said that Rabbi Shimon Manasseh is just mimicking Beishamai now. When it comes to drinking, like we started off the sugya, that you're not allowed to put in cold water into hot water. That's bishamay shita. When it comes to drinking water, and we don't, and the halach is like ribshim v'minasya. So what? So the halach is like bishamay. It doesn't doesn't flow well. Says No, we're gonna have to say that when it comes to drinking water, even basil agree you cannot put in cold into hot. So is that the halacha or not? For me, it would seem that the Gemara started off saying, Only in the Havamina, how do we explain it? But at then we went away from it. But it seems like from, there are some Rishonim that learned that this is a, a maskana. This is how we do it. That according to everybody, when it comes to drinking water, you cannot put cold in Taha. So, but this is the halacha right here. Rava says when it comes to klisheni, amana, klisheni, he didn't care whether you put cold into hot or hot into cold. Either way, he was okay with it. It's, there's a b'risa that says, just like Rava, that I could take a, I could take a, a flask of water, of cold water, and dunk it into a hot pool. So, he didn't care. Even if this flask was very cold and he put it into a pool of hot water, it's fine. What's the riot from this case? There's a kli, there's an outline, the glass absorbs the heat, so of course it's not going to cook. It's not, that's not how we read the brysa. What we read the brysa is this case right over here, where he literally poured the water, the cold water, into hot water. And that the Bryson says is okay. So Mela, why? Because this is a klisheni. And klisheni doesn't cook. And it's okay. And that's how we pass it. It's okay. Fine. Confused? Not confused? Rabbis, I was thinking about this. Unbelievable. We had these difficult sugas. The first half of Kiro was pretty difficult. Then the, the, the second half, at least it was difficult to explain. For me to give over the shear. And I, I see like there's a little bit of confusion. Cold, hot, hot, cold, da 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 da. So there's a guy in our shul I'm very friendly with. His name is Mary Kenig. And his father, Mordechai Kenig, he built like a thousand units in this in this neighborhood. He was a very wealthy person and he lost all his money. And this, this happened like 20 years ago. And the day he lost all his money, I don't know the day, but he decided that's it, he's gonna start learning. And the guy learns, I don't know, 14, 15 hours a day nonstop. And every single week now, he makes a siyum on the entire Masech the Shabbos, Gemara. Every single week. He made over 300 siyumim 
on Masech Shabbos. We're like struggling through this one time. He did 300 seums. Unbelievable. I, 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 I love this guy because he was a real estate guy. Real estate guy sat down to learn. It's, it's unbelievable. 300. That's besides all the dafiyami that he does. And he learns seven daf a day. And he does chazars, the whole thing. He's up the whole night. I don't know when he sleeps. It's a whole, it's a beautiful thing to see. Anyway, just thinking about it. We, we struggled through these struggles. He, he learns it. He learns it slow. It takes him, like, think from Thursday to, like, Matzah Shabbos kind of thing. He, he put, puts in a lot of hours. But since he knows it so well, he's able to do it. Zokta Mishnah. Ha'ilfes v'agdeira she'evira What? He's given Mayor all of his WhatsApp time. Be'ezer Hashem, Mayor will join him. Mayor is learning. He's the one that organized the... Um, the Israeli shear, and uh, he learns every day. He has Chavrusi Yaakov. I know he learns with him at least once or twice a day now because of this. Uh, he's a big Balchesed mayor. He has this guy, this divorced guy that lives by him or used to live by him, but they live very close now. So, anyway, fine. Mayor is mayor. We get all our news from mayor. All the news in the neighborhood comes from Mayor Kenning. That's what Avi was referring to. Says the Mishnah, Ilfos Vagdeira, these are large pots a pot, a pan, that go directly on the stove, shehevira merutachim. You remove it from the flame when it's at least yatsi ledes, 104 degrees, 114 degrees, however you learn, so now we're learning, we're learning about cooking spices. So you now let to add spices to something that just came off the flame, it's a klirishoin, and a klirishoin will cook your spices. But you could put a spice into a klisheni, meaning your bowl on the table, or your serving dish, your tamchui. I'm, uh, I'm reminded, this is a terrible story. I should really say this story in somebody else's name, but it happened to me. We were, my wife invited her best friend for Shabbos. Her husband went to Israel, so she... She came to our house for Shabbos. For some strange reason, reason during uh, the meal, my wife pulls out this dish, and she, ta- she asks me, it's a serving dish, she says, Ellie, should I serve the chont in that dish? I'm like, not in that dish. It's, still, it's hideous. It's disgusting. Why would you serve chont in that dish? And she's like, well, Bluma gave it to us for Shabbos. <laughs> anyway, so, I just thought it was, uh, yeah. Fine. It was my wife's fault, not mine. If you have a serving dish, it doesn't matter whose dish it is, that serving dish wasn't directly on the flame. It went from the flame into that serving dish. The serving dish is on your table. What's that dish called? A klisheni. Now you want to add salt. You want to add, well, not salt. Time out, not salt. Salt was the question we had on soup. You want to add spices. You want to add garlic, whatever. You could do so. We have some sort of picture here from the Pirushchai. What you see here is, this is the Kira that we're familiar with, and this is the Gdeira and the Ilfas, the larger Kalim that come off directly off the flame, so they are a Klirishoin. From the Ilfas and the Gdeira, it doesn't matter which one, these are larger Kalim, you put it into your Tamchoy and your Ka'ara. And then you can add spices, the guy's adding spices to it. You can put spices into everything. The Gemara is going to explain what he's talking about. Is he talking about this case of a klisheni? Or he's talking about the beginning of the Mishnah of klirishai? He's putting in spices. Besides something that has a very strong, uh, sharp taste to it, an acid to it, like vinegar and fish brine. Because then the, the vinegar and the fish brine, the, they will cook up your spices. Forget about the heat of the dish. Ibarlo, just to explain what Rabbi is talking about, Rabbi Yudah, does Rabbi Yudah say you can put spices even into a klirishayim, provided that you removed it from the flame. It's no longer on the flame, because it's on the flame, it's going to cook from the fire. So you had this ilfas, you had a large pan, you take it off the flame, you could add spices, says Rabbi Yudah, on condition it doesn't have vinegar in it. Oh, maybe he's talking about the Sefer where it says you could put spices into klisheni. Comes review says, no, you shouldn't. 
you shouldn't put anything, you shouldn't put any, any spices if it has, if it has this, um, these, uh, what do you call it, the, the chaymets, the vinegar. Tashma, the sign of the no, it's a kula. Anything, and Tyson points out right away, you could put spices into any kind of pot as long as it's not in the flame. Boiling, meaning Yatsiladas, you could put even, even Yatsiladas or even more. Besides, if it has vinegar and the brine. So he's coming to be Mekel. The Tanakama holds, you cannot put spices into Klirishon. Review this says you could put spices into a Klirishon. Now what do we do about salt? Salt, we have it at every meal. What is salt? Says Rav Yosef, salt is one of the spices. It's no different than garlic and paprika, paprika, any way you want to call it. It's all the same. Salt is one of the spices. It will cook in a klirishain and therefore you cannot introduce salt into a klirishain. You can't just pour it into the chont, even if you take it off the stove. And once you take the chont and you put it into your serving dish, you can add as much salt as you want. According to Rav Yosef, Savar Lememar. He thought to say this. So now we have Rav Chia, he says a statement. Salt is not a spice. Now there's two ways to understand Rav Chia. But salt is not a spice. Either salt is much more sensitive than a spice, and it will cook even in a klisheni, and therefore I cannot introduce salt into a klisheni. I can't introduce, I can't put salt onto my chont if it's in the, well, once it's in my plate, it's probably klishlishi, but not into a klisheni. Or I can learn the opposite, that it's not sensitive. It's the opposite of sensitive. It's very, very difficult to cook. And even in a klirishon, it won't cook. And therefore, I could put it into a klirishon. You hear that? It's, it's, it's mekatzel katzel. It's the two, the two extremes. Either salt is so sensitive that I cannot put salt into a klisheni because I'll cook it on the spot. Or salt is so hard to cook that I could put it even into a klirishon and I could put it in. Where I can't put any other spice, I could put salt. Says the Gemara, melach Salt is not a spice. Salt is different than all spices. Where all spices, I could put spices into a klisheni. Once I remove, what's a klisheni? The actual pot that I cooked is called a klirishain. Once I pour it into another vessel, anything, a bowl, a, a, a serving dish, then that thing is called a klisheni. Let's say coffee. I take hot water out of the urn. The urn is a klirishain. I put it into my cup. It's a klisheni. That's still problematic with coffee because klisheni could still cook. So I take it and I pour it into another one. I make it a klishlishi. Rav Nachman says that salt is so difficult to cook, it's like bull's meat. According to Rav Nachman, I can take salt and toss it into klishlishin. I don't have an issue because a klirishon will never cook it. It takes a very long time to cook it. So we have a machlag between Reb and Reb Nachman according to this lashon. Reb says salt is so sensitive, will cook immediately even in klisheni. Be very careful, don't put it into klisheni. Says Reb Nachman, no, the opposite. I could put it even to klirishon, it's not a problem. Vekidamri. Some say it goes differently. Rabbi Yosef starts off saying, Salt is a spice. This doesn't change from the first lashon. Salt is a spice. Therefore, klirishain. Don't put it into klirishain. I'll cook it. Klirishaini, you could put it in. This also doesn't change. The words don't change. Salt is not a spice, but the meaning is different. What do you mean it's not a spice? Salt is not a spice because. It's so hard to cook that you could introduce it into a klirishon. Rav Nachman, this coincides exactly with Rav Nachman. So if you see, there's an aleph over here, and this is the halacha. It's paskin la halacha that salt is very hard to cook, and therefore you could 
put it even into Klirishon. Okay, why? Why are we passing like that? So Taisa explains because it makes a lot of sense to say that Rav Nachman is exactly like Rav there's no Machlaikas. Rav Nachman who says that it's very hard to cook salt, like the meat of a bull will coincide with the Rebchia, that salt is not a tavlin, meaning it's much worse than, it's much harder to cook than a tavlin, it's much harder to cook than a spice. However, I'd like to point out a Taisus over here. Taisus Dibra Maskel, Vahainu Dibra Nachman, it's the wide lines, almost by the beginning of the wide lines, but at the end of the Taisus. Taisus says, Umetoich kach, two lines from the end of Taisus. Umetoich kach, pasal rabbeinu shmul shemutter, loseis melach betavshel b'shavas. Ve'afilu b'kli rishon. She'aviru minaur. As long as you remove it from the flame, you're allowed to put salt into a pot that's a kli rishon. Why? Because it won't cook. It's very hard to cook. Now, v'amachmir, and this is the shita of the Ramah. The Ramah says, v'amachmir kalishne kama. And if you hold like the first lashon in Reb Chia, Shaloi Litim Melech Bekara, Kozman Shalei Boy, Tavai Olav Bracha, says the Ramah, since there's a sheet of Reb Chia that salt is so sensitive, will cook even in a klisheni. So if your soup is very, very hot, you shouldn't put salt in your soup to, to be machmer like that sheet. And if you are, Tavai Olav Bracha. So it would stop right there, really, and say, okay, now we know New Yisoyed, that I'm not stalling. Somebody said I'm stalling, Hashem Yerachim. <laughs> I'm reading, I'm reading those things on the bottom over there. 116 people. Yesterday was very weak, but now we have the Chutznikim. Do we have Leon on? I, I miss Leon from South Africa. Anyway. So yeah, so you could you could say, okay, halacha l'maisa, you come tonight, Friday night, you tell your family, by the way, I just learned a new halacha, to a lot of us, you should probably not add salt into a klisheni. Maybe our soup is already cliche. No, but if you take a ladle from the pot and you put it directly into your into your bowl, that would your bowl is a klisheni, and according to this taisvis, tavayel of bracha, if you don't add salt, tavayel of bracha. Now, what, what do you say? Two things. First of all, I think that's only if it's a dover bush, and so it still has a din of a klirishon, even in the klisheni, not if it's soup. And second of all, the ladle, which is what everybody is commenting also, depends if the ladle's in the soup for long enough, that remains a klirishon. Right, that's what I just said. So ladle should be a klirishon. Now, what you're saying is a little different. You're saying if you add no, salt... The ladle's going to be a klirishon. No, the ladle's a klirishon if it's in the pot. It becomes like the pot. It cooks up with the, the pot is on the uh, on the stove cooking, so you're saying that the the, the, the I ladle. Think, I don't think that that's I don't think that's universal. I think that's off I guess. It makes sense that it should, but fine. Yeah, let's let's just say that it's not. But what what Noam is saying, Noam is talking about something else. That if you add a tablin, you add a spice to a, a large piece of food. You take you take the spice and you put it on a piece of meat. Meat has the ability to cook because it's salad. But if you're putting into soup that has meat in it, chicken in it, I don't think it's what you're saying is correct over there. But anyways, there's another issue that I don't know if Rabbi Schoenberg has what to say over here. The salt, the salt is cooked. Oh, 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 that's what I wanted to talk about. So I don't know what the Allah is exactly today. Maybe I, I bet you Rabbi Schoenberg has what to say on this. Rabbi Schoenberg, could somebody unmute him? Because salt today is not, is not the salt. Salt is already cooked. The way they make it today, I think. So I don't know. I mean, if you take salt out of a cave, that's one thing. But if you take salt from the ocean, that, that's pretty much what we have today, so it's probably different. Right? Rabbi Schoenberg, no? Yes. <clears throat> There's a difference between sea salt oh. and, uh, and uh, salt which is mined. Yeah. Oh. Salt which is mined is done by pumping boiling hot water down the mine. No. And, and that doesn't cook the salt? That doesn't cook it? Yeah, that cooks it. So uh, even mine salt is cooked, you're saying? Sea salt is dried in the sun. So sea salt is a problem, is, is, is what Tyson is talking about. Yes. And mine salt is not a problem. So what do we have today? What do we, what do we eat today? A lot of Israeli salt is sea salt. So sea salt is a problem. Tobi of bracha. According to Rabbi Schoenberg, 
Israeli salt is sea salt, so there is tavayal of bracha if you don't add it to your soup. Okay, so that's very, that's new to me. I don't know about you, that's new to me. It's halach lamaisa. If you don't add salt, you tell your wife, I would love to add the salt, but tavayal of bracha. But what you could do probably is uh, maybe move it to another bowl, and then it becomes a klishlishi, and then you should be able to add it then. I'm not a, I'm not a, not a paisik, but I think that should work. No? Anybody? No, why, no? You have to be so, why you have to be so much Why not? Oh, you're saying that the ladle is a cliche Yes, it's, it's, yeah, you're going around and around just to avoid putting salt into your soup. Why, why, why tavolo bracha for being machmer? Because the, there's a sheet in the Gemara that says that salt is, 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 is something that cooks even a cliche According to the first Rebchia, salt cooks in a cliche and therefore you have to be extremely careful with salt according to that Rebchia. The second Rebchia says, the second Lashem Rebchia says, no, it's very hard to cook salt. So just in case the first Rebchia is right, says the Ramah, and we're Ashkenaz and we go by the Ramah, you could put it in, but if you don't, you want brachas. Instead of going to Reb Chaim you don't put salt in your, in your soup and you get a bracha. That's it. It's hard to go to Reb Chaim now with all the quarantine. So you get a bracha in your house. Says the Mishnah, This is a, a ner, and here's the wick. I guess it was kind of common for oil to drip down this way. So the problem now is mukta. We're talking about mukta. What halacha does, does this oil have? This oil is mukta for a number of reasons. First of all, you were makta. The word mukta means you, you put it out of your mind. You said you don't want to deal with it on Shabbos. So, on Erev Shabbos, when you put this oil in here, you said, I'm, I'm done with this. This is going to be used for my lamp on Shabbos, therefore you're makta that oil. Second of all, this oil is mukta because it's a basis, l'davar asr. Third of all, it's also mechaba. Yeah, it's a basis, it's holding, it's, 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 it's carrying the weight of this wick. The, if you remove this oil on Shabbos, your oiva is the raisa of mechaba. You're, you're, you're extinguishing the flame early. So then you're not allowed to touch that oil because it'll be mechaba. So it's mukta. <clears throat> so if you put this bowl before Shabbos, not that big of a problem. According to Taisis, it's certainly lechatchila, lechatchila. The only thing is, don't touch that oil. Don't use it on Shabbos. But if you put it on Shabbos, you try to save your tablecloth from the spilling of the oil, that's a problem. Why is that a problem? So Rashi brings two reasons. Basically, I mean, we could jump into Rashi, we can see it inside. Rashi, dripping oil, the oil is muktzu. Because of our reason number one, I remember learning when I, when I learned Shinches when I was very young, the, it's, there's like a common rule. Everything is mukta basically. This is mukta on Shabbos. The reason I could move it is because I need it. But Rashi says even more. You cannot move a kli on Shabbos unless you're using that kli for something that you can move on Shabbos. You, can't, you cannot use a non-mukta kli like this cup to, to, to help something that, that's mukta. That's number one. Inami kosovar also the kli you're, you're being Unbelievable. Rashi says, now, what, what's happening? You're going to take this perfectly non-muxable and put it underneath the oil. It's going to catch oil, and as soon as it catches oil, you can't move the bowl anymore. So you are just over on boina. Unbelievable. You built this bowl into place. You just cemented it to your table because you can't move it anymore. That's another thing. Destroying a kli. It has uses. You can use it for your soup. Now you can't use it anymore. Fine. So that's why you can't do it. Taisus on top of Mem Gimel and Aleph points out, the Rashi somewhere else says, that it's breaking the kli. You had a perfectly good clean, now you're breaking it. So it's almost like a contradiction. Over here he says, you're building the clean. Over here he says, breaking. So I think over there he explains 
that over here he's using it for a good purpose, for a creative purpose, to save oil, so that's, that's, that's building. Over there, he's doing it for another reason that's breaking. Fine. I'll call upon him. Says the Mishnah If you did it erev Shabbos, it's mutter. but you can use it. This wasn't oil you were able to use. Says the Gemara So I have a very similar case. You have a, a, a chicken laying an egg. An egg is muktzah on Shabbos. Why noilad? So again, for the same reason, I cannot take my cup and catch an egg on Shabbos, especially nowadays, we understand the value of an egg, so I would love to save my egg and not have it drop directly on the cement and, and get destroyed. I'm not allowed to do so. Why? Because by doing so, I'm destroying, I'm building this clee in its place. I can no longer move this clee. Same exact thing as the oil. But I could flip my cup upside down, my bowl upside down, and, and, and mark it so other people don't step on it accidentally. Why? Why can I, all of a sudden, I can move a kli to save an egg, but I can't put my kli underneath the egg? I can't catch the egg? What's the difference? Typically speaking, a chicken has some brain and it knows not to lay an egg on an incline because it's going to roll down the incline and be destroyed. So it would like to typically lay its egg on a heap of trash, a nice soft spot where it's not going to be destroyed, right? A typical pigeon is not going to lay an egg on a slanty roof. It goes, finds a nice flat surface. It understands that. So here's the concept, right here, these three words, and they said that something that's common to happen, you're allowed to save it. So I'm allowed to save something common. And now the Gemara goes, I don't know, five, six different things that are they didn't allow to save something that's not common. So this oil that we have in our mission is not common, obviously. Because if it was common, I could save it. It's not common. In other words, even if it is common, it's not common that you're going to forget. Most people put their nair, they know that it's going to ruin their tablecloth. So they, they think about it beforehand to come on Shabbat and say, Oi, my tablecloth is going to get destroyed. That's uncommon. What do we do with this? A person has an entire barrel full of Muksa wine. Why is the wine muksa? Because it's tevel. He didn't take trumas and maestras. He has nothing to do with it on Shabbos. He can't do trumas and maestras on Shabbos like we had in the Mishnah the other day. So he can't drink it. He can't do truma. And all of a sudden it breaks. He's allowed to save the dripping wine. It's very expensive. An entire barrel. He's allowed to take another vessel and catch it. So the problem is, but this is Matsui, how often does a barrel break? It's a Hatzola She'enu Matsuya. Says Gemara, Begulfei Chadite, brand new barrels, the Shechichi de Paki, in a brand new barrel, it is common. Next question. These are all the same type of questions, same kind of answer. It says in the Mishnah, later on, you let it take a Kli and put it underneath to catch sparks. Sparks are Mukta. It's because it's Next one. I could put a kli on top of a fire so it shouldn't grab onto the beam. It's not a it's not a sequence of fashas, obviously, but the beam is mukta. The low ceilings, the shriach like every other day, another house burns down. We don't care. So, but because of that leka, I'm allowed to save my house. One last picture for today. So you have a beam that broke, like a rafter or something. So now I take my, my bench, and I just put it there so that it doesn't break anymore. And once again, I have a problem. This beam is mukta. This beam is mukta. And it's not Matsui. How often do beams break? New beams break. 
And one last one. Noisen klitachas adelef. B'Shabbos, in this picture you see the rain coming in. I could put a, a bucket to catch the rain. Rain is dalfi In the new homes, especially our Kablanim, it's something very shkiach. Rabbi I have a wonderful Shabbos. Shira Matzah Shabbos is 9 o'clock. And now, for a very special rendition of Tehillim, no, I'm fix. Love it fine. Is Yaakov? I haven't seen Yaakov. Where's Yaakov? Anybody see Yaakov one of these days? Yaakov is on YouTube. Good job, is everybody. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know who wrote it. Don't worry about it. I didn't know it was you. I just saw a flash on the screen. It was okay, it's good. Something to talk about. I'm very happy when you saw I'm not one of the guys who complains about reading letters. Oh, it's the reverse? But I, I don't understand it. The article says that the mind, the mind uh, salt is not cooked. Yeah. The sea salt is cooked, but I think it, it, in fact it's the reverse because the mind salt they can't have boiling water and the mind, and in the sea salt they dried in the sun. It's not cooked. So y